0: This podcast is brought to you by DIA, the Trusted Global Neutral Forum for Healthcare Product Development Professionals. DIA, driving insights to action.
1: In April 2022, the FDA issued for public comment a new draft guidance titled, Diversity Plans to Improve Enrollment of Participants from Underrepresented Racial and Ethnic Subgroups in Clinical Trials. Because this guidance applies to all medical products, the Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, the Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, and the Center for Devices and Radiological Health all contributed to this draft. However, development of this guidance was led by Project Equity from the FDA's Oncology Center of Excellence, or OCE. Project Equity is a public health initiative established by the OCE to ensure that the data submitted to the FDA for approval of oncology-related medical products adequately reflect the demographic distribution of patients for whom the medical products are intended. I am Tamia Elliott, Senior Manager of Scientific Programs for DIA, Today, to discuss this guidance, we welcome Dr. Lola Fashoyen Ajay. Dr. Fashoyan Ajay serves as the Deputy Division Director and Associate Director of Science and Policy to Redress Disparities at the US FBA Oncology Center of Excellence or OCE. She is also the project lead for Project Equity. Thank you very much for joining us today, Dr. Fashoyen Ajay, and welcome. Thank you so much. It's, a, it's my pleasure to be here. I wanted to start off our conversation by asking does this new guidance or has any previous guidance provided FDA's definition of the now widely used term diversity?
0: Yes, thank you for that question. I think, you know, the concept of diversity in the context of FDA-regulated medical product development and approval has generally sort of been described as kind of the measures that, as enrollment practices and, and measures that are taken to promote study populations that reflect the population for whom medical products under development are intended. So this term really encompasses both demographic characteristics like race, ethnicity, sex, as well as non-demographic characteristics, like things to do related to the disease, for example, or organ dysfunction. So the goal really is to enroll a population that on the basis of demographic factors or other characteristics tends to be underrepresented in clinical trials and clinical research. And so we would like to be able to study medical products in the context of that variable population. So really implementing the measures that would tend to facilitate generalizability of study results. And we have in our guidances given specific recommendations that may be based on demographic factors in general or single demographic factors like race or ethnicity or sex. But also, as an example, in oncology, there have been several guidances that we've published over the past several years that provide recommendations for non-demographic factors, like the inclusion of participants, for example, who have brain metastases in clinical trials. So really, while we have not gotten down to sort of what is the regulatory definition of diversity, we really view that as all the things that you do to ensure that the population that's being studied reflects the population for whom the medical product is intended.
1: Thank you for clarifying and for providing those insights. This guidance applies to the clinical development and regulatory evaluation of drug device and biologic products, and therefore was collaboratively developed by CDER, CBER, and CDRH. However, this collaboration was led by the Project Equity Initiative from the FDA's Oncology Center for Excellence. Why is representing diversity so important in clinical trials to develop drugs that prevent or treat cancer?
0: Yes, this guidance was developed by the Oncology Center of Excellence Project Equity, which is the OCE initiative that focuses on the inclusion of members of historically underrepresented populations in oncology trials. The focus has been on racial and ethnic minorities, but also sex and gender minorities and other groups And we did develop this guidance with input across the agency based on stakeholder feedback that the FDA really needed to provide more specificity regarding the agency's expectations for the inclusion of study participants on the basis of race and ethnicity in a way that reflects their numeric representativeness among cases of the disease or the condition for whom the medical products are intended. We had... Cross agency input on the guidance from all the centers that you referenced to really ensure that the recommendations that we were making were applicable across therapeutic areas beyond the oncology and also across centers which deal with different uh, medical products. It is important that we be able to evaluate new therapies in the context of a diverse population that will use these medical products because the diseases for which these products are intended present in variable fashion across the population, and because populations also respond variably to medical products. But I think we really should reconsider the question regarding why diversity in clinical trials is important, because the question really ought to be, what are we missing when trials are not diverse, when the study population in the clinical trial is not diverse? What are the missed opportunities for advancing science, for advancing clinical medicine, and ultimately, for driving improvements in population outcomes. And this is not just for the groups that are tend to be excluded
1: from the trials, but also for those who are not, because everyone really benefits from, from diversity. Great, thank you. Those are very important points to consider. My next question is, how did Project Equity consult patient advocacy groups and reflect their input in this draft guidance?
0: You know, we have several initiatives in the Oncology Center of Excellence whose sole purpose is really to foster, sustain engagement with key stakeholder groups. We accomplish this through longitudinal working relationships with many different stakeholder groups like professional organizations, patient advocacy groups, and we periodically explore various topics through symposia, conversations on cancer, which is a really important mechanism through which we really engage and hear from patients and patient advocacy groups and communities on a range of issues that have to do with clinical oncology, issues around access, including diversity. Uh, and we also try to be a very responsive organizations with many of our scientific review staff serving as liaisons to various groups and stakeholder groups included. So there are really many channels whereby we hear from patients and what they tell us it really informs our policy priorities as was the case with this particular guidance where we've heard from a number of stakeholders for many many years that there was
1: a need to provide some recommendations as detailed in this guidance. And the guidance recommends that product sponsors submit a race and ethnicity diversity plan during clinical development. Would you please illustrate the components and purpose of this plan for our listeners? Sure, thank you for that question. This
0: guidance is a framework. Uh, It's a framework for developing easily accessible goals for representation of relevant racial and ethnic populations in the drug development program. This framework starts with an assessment of available data and information regarding who has the disease or condition, and if there are any expected differences in the way a particular medical product may work across the population. Then on the basis of this assessment, recommends that sponsors specify what their enrollment goals will be for each race and the ethnic group, and then go on to identify sort of measures that will be used to achieve these enrollment goals importantly, not just for enrollment, but also for retaining participants during the course of the trial. And then, you know, we are very interested in seeing sponsors specify how the trial will be monitored over time to ensure that the company, the sponsor is on track with meeting their enrollment goals. And we are generally not uh, and deliberately not prescriptive in terms of the specific measures that we are recommending companies undertake as part of their strategy to achieve their enrollment goals so we're not saying you must do x y and z but we would like companies to provide an outline of the specific measures they will be undertaking it's important to know that these diversity plans are a tool to help really engage with the agency in discussions around this very important topic and to help really move the discussion from a general discussions about commitment to diversity
1: and equity to one that is really more specific and can help keep us all accountable. Thank you for laying out that information regarding the plan. And in follow up to that question, what criteria will the FDA use to evaluate these plans and approximately how long will these evaluations take?
0: These plans will be evaluated according to the key elements of the diversity plan that I just described uh, and that are outlined in the draft guidance. And this will be done along with other aspects of the medical development program. So we do not view these diversity plans as separate submissions, but rather as part of a comprehensive medical product development program for which sponsors would typically seek FDA advice. A key metric, I think, for the FDA is whether sponsors are submitting these plans We'll also be taking a look at the content of these diversity plans, ensuring that the appropriate specificity is tended to in writing these diversity plans. Ultimately, we want to assess the impact that uh, developing a a racial and ethnic diversity plan has on clinical trial pool of historically underrepresented groups. But this will take time because it'll take time from uh, initiation of these trials. To completion, to submission to the
1: FDA. But we look forward to to learning from all of this experience. Thank you for sharing that information. I'm sure our listeners will find that valuable. And as we are speaking, the draft guidance is uh, still open for public comment and closes on June 13, 2022. Are there specific aspects or sections of this guidance that you're especially hoping to receive public comments on? We're interested
0: in any comment on any aspect of this guidance. We are particularly proud that this is a guidance that's really born out of the extensive input we've gotten over many years to to provide some recommendations around a plan to enroll racial ethnic minority populations in the clinical trials. And so we hope that we have met those, those requests adequately, but we are looking forward to receiving any and all feedback about any aspect of uh, what's in the guidance, including what
1: may not be in the guidance that the public deems important to consider. Thank you. Dr. Fashoyi and these are all of our questions for today. Thank you for joining us and good luck with Project Equity. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure to participate in this interview. For DIA, I am Tamia Elliott.
0: To learn more about this topic,
1: visit us online at diaglobal.org.